0: Lofalaba, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. Oluwingo, Osusana Coming up.
1: This does not currently align with the need to keep the global temperature rise to no more than 1.5 degrees.
0: The pressure is on for the shipping industry to clean up its
2: act. There's just so much talent and beauty in our, in our neighborhood.
0: Once a small center of commerce has now become an artistic hub, and later the Manusamo rugby team looks forward to its warm up game with Japan. Calls are growing louder for the global shipping industry to clean up its act, ahead of a crucial climate summit in the United Kingdom next week. The International Maritime Organization is meeting for a two-part climate summit with the aim to finalise a key agreement on cutting pollution from shipping. Industry experts believe the work done by the Pacific State at IMO has been important to the UN agency's efforts to decarbonize the sector. Caleb Fotheringham has more.
2: The 175 IMO member states are expected to agree to completely decarbonize the industry by mid-century, a dramatic improvement on its current goal to halve emissions by 2050. However, the six-pack, a term coined to refer to six Pacific Island countries at the IMO in 2015, are asking for a more ambitious target, for the industry to align itself with the 1.5-degree Paris Agreement goal. John Tolkave is a fellow at the East-West Centre who provides research support to the group. He says it is vital the six-pack submissions are at least partially adopted in London.
3: This alliance recognises being catalytic, keeping 1.5 degrees alive in these critical negotiations and is progressing the only policy package that is fully 1.5
2: aligned. Original six-pack members include the Republic of the Marshall Islands, Fiji, Tuvalu, Tonga, the Solomon Islands and Kiribati, and now also includes Papua New Guinea, Vanuatu and Samoa. John Tulkave says the ambition of the current goal by the IMO is grossly inadequate a position also taken by John Kautoke, a legal advisor to Tonga's High Commission in London.
1: This text as it stands is problematic due to its ambiguity and lack of direction. Firstly, it is defining a transition which will take place in the future and not now. It sets the final phase-out date of emissions as 2100, and this does not currently align with the need to keep the global temperature rise to no more than 1.5 degrees.
2: Pacific nations are also calling for an equitable transition away from fossil fuels, one that leaves no nation behind. Shipping expert Dr Alison Shaw from University College London says an equitable transition acknowledges the burden of climate change mitigation is unequal. Dr Shaw says it is necessary to alleviate the inequalities. She says the submissions from the six-pack is the only proposal that includes an equitable transition. We
4: see a lot of member states actually speaking for the desire of a just an equitable transition, meeting after meeting, intervention after intervention, and it's sort of disappointing to see that it's not reflected in text proposals.
2: An equitable transition means small island states have equal access to opportunities in the energy transition, both technical and economic. But Dr Shaw says the most important part of an equitable transition is about limiting temperature rise.
4: One element of an equitable transition that's often overlooked by those who are new to the concept, including IMO delegates, is that it entirely hinges on a 1.5 aligned reduction ambition because anything less simply opens the door to increased impacts on climate-vulnerable countries.
2: The group of Pacific Island nations are also calling for a fuel levy, starting at 100 US dollars for every tonne of greenhouse emissions from ships. Meanwhile, new research published this week shows global shipping can halve its greenhouse gas emissions by the end of the decade, without impacting global trade.
0: Staff from the Pacer Plus Implementation Unit are helping develop business skills among seasonal workers in Kitabas. Pacer Plus is a trade deal in both goods and services that's been embraced by most of the Pacific, and a key arm of it is labour mobility. Governments want their people to be able to use the capital they bring back from their overseas labour to develop opportunities at home. Alisi Holani from the Implementation Unit told Don Wiseman about the work they've been doing.
4: The entrepreneurship development module that we developed was done in response to a request from the Kiribati government. And this was basically in view of the need to help workers who go on labor mobility schemes to consider long-term approaches to sustainable livelihoods household income diversification strategies, noting that not all workers will be on the program for 10 years. Most workers would be on the programs, on the schemes for about three to four years. And then, you know, with given that it is hard physical labor, a lot of these workers would seek to use the earnings that they had acquired and the skills that they had uh, learned from labor mobility in Australia and New Zealand in business investments or entrepreneurial activities back in Kiribati. So this was recognized by the Kiribati government, and they requested us to support in developing an entrepreneurship module.
3: So what sort of businesses or business ideas do these people have in mind?
4: Very basic business ideas. Um, Some of them wanted to do catering. A lot of these entrepreneurial workers who had, who seemed to have entrepreneurial interests were women. And so there was um, interest in handicraft making, cookery, sewing. And we were also interested because it's not just the women who were going on the labor mobility schemes, but also the women who were wives of men who are on the labor mobility schemes. So there is this great interest from women in enterprise and it's mostly you know business um businesses in in, in areas where women tem, tend to have the skills in but really they they didn't really know how to use that to run a business. So they had some basic skills in like how to make simple handicrafts or you know basic um dishes and wanted to to do like a catering business, but didn't know how to start a business.
3: Well, I imagine that the government's thinking a bit more beyond that, given that those sorts of businesses already exist in Kiribati. They would be hoping that these people with a little bit of capital will be able to establish new businesses. I know this has happened in Vanuatu, hasn't it? And I guess the Pesa Plus people would be hoping for that as well.
4: Yeah, it's it's very small scale in Kiribati. I think the interest from from the government was not so much in terms of large scale business activities that can have substantive impact on local private sector development, but it's really to help these workers and their households identify other income generating activities that can support their households if they choose to not participate in labor mobility. But like I said, this is the first time um, and it's a basic training. We're looking at how we can build on this initial training module, looking at a catalog of potential business opportunities. We're working with the Ministry of Commerce in Kiribati to identify what are the the business opportunities, because obviously that's one of the constraints to small business development, especially with the workers coming back. They have the capital, but don't really know what are the business opportunities available in their country. And so that's the next step that we're trying to look at but i think right now the the focus is really looking at basic entrepreneurial skills helping them to understand what does entrepreneurship mean how does how to design a business plan what goes into a business plan you know financial strategies marketing strategies that you would need to start a business and then build on those skill sets as we proceed because the government wants to look at like a full-fledged training program where you train the worker prior to departure. You also offer a training while they're working in Australia, because we find that workers who, before their departure, they have some idea of what the business opportunity is that they want to invest in. But then a lot of the workers, it's when they come back and after working in Australia, especially after working in Australia for like three years, they tend to see different opportunities and then they come back with with a clearer idea of what kind of business investment they they want to do. The intention is to look at a, a training program that can continue throughout the labor mobility cycle. So you train prior to departure. They have a basic understanding of what entrepreneurship is, what the benefits of an entrepreneurship, how to start a business, business planning. And then when they're in Australia and New Zealand, we also continue to, to run training so that we can build on the initial skill set. And then when they come back, especially when they come back, they have the money. They're more interested in really taking forward the business plan that they were trained on. And they have a better idea of what the business investment they want to make. And then we would have to look at another training program. So So it's a comprehensive training programme that the Government of Kiribati is asking us to look at.
0: A theatre group that hung in limbo for the past couple of years has re-emerged with a new space in central Auckland, much to the delight of local Pacifica artists. The Number 3 Roscoe Theatre celebrated the opening of their permanent home in Mount Roscoe, one of the city's most culturally diverse suburbs. Final Whanua has more.
1: New Zealand Deputy Prime Minister Carmel Sepuloni opened the theatre, which proponents say will offer an escape for disenchanted youth. The diverse suburb of Mount Roscoe boasts a population of just under 18,000 people, one-fifth of whom are of Pacifica or Maori heritage number three member John John says the theater means local artists and aspiring actors don't have to travel long distances to theaters in other neighborhoods
5: we can see it too it's quite beautiful a lot of the um,
1: the
2: a lot of the youth are really etching for it as as Roscoe alumni we always through the performing arts um, program there's just so much talent and beauty in our in our neighborhood but after school there is no really there is no place for us to really go that's not Super far. so it's really nice to just have really
1: close to us. Founding number three member Lija Maiva says it's also an opportunity to display contemporary Pacifica arts. However Maiva says he wants the number three theatre to become a space for all cultures in Mount Roscoe. We're
5: all Samoan, Tongan, Cook Island, so a lot of what we create and a lot of what we put out to our community has that very special Polynesian flavour to it. So although we are particular run, um, we just want to be a reflection of our community, which is a very diverse one.
1: Widely regarded as Auckland's most diverse neighbourhood, Mount Roscoe is nicknamed Flavor Town.
0: Manu Samuel's head coach says their first warm-up game against Japan next month will give an indication of where they're at ahead of the 2023 Rugby World Cup in France. Baovasa Manea Lala Mapusua says it's the toughest squad he's had to select in his tenure as coach, but he's happy with his selection. He has named former Wallaby fly-half Christian Lili and ex-All Blacks Charlie Famuina, Stephen Luatua, Jeffrey Toomanga-Allen and Lima Supuanga. Along with a handful of Moana Pacifica players from the Super Rugby Pacific competition, RNZ Pacific senior sports journalist Elias Sotora spoke with Valvasa Manaya on Manusamo's plans and preparation. yes,
5: sir. Thank you for having me. And uh, in terms of our uh, squad, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with the squad we selected, and um, it was not easy, um, as it was highly competitive and the. Uh, Quite, you know there's a few if not a lot of good players that have missed out um, on, on selection um, as, as you and I both know um, uh, no rugby games were ever won on paper and so well, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great squad we you know, we've got a lot of work to do and. and um, and that's all a part of our our preparation in terms of our our way to the to the Rugby World Cup. But I'm really excited with, with this group of players. Um, we have uh, real good depth uh, across across all positions, and um, I'm just really looking forward to to getting the team in and and start working, and hopefully and, 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 um, we can grow and, and, and develop to where really we want to be, to be really competitive at the Rugby the World
1: Cup.
3: Winaka, uh, you have uh, Christian Lelia Fano, uh, former Wallaby, and uh, Charlie Famoina, Stephen Lutu and Lima Sopoanga from the All Black named in the squad. What are you looking at with these uh, four players uh, being uh, in the squad that is uh, uh, going to prepare.
5: Um, um, just to add to that, we've also got Jeffrey tomanga Allen, um, who's an um, ex uh, as well. And, and um, what I'm looking forward to. It- for, for for those guys, um, it's to, to to bring the wealth of, of knowledge and experience that they they have with them, um, on top of um, their capabilities as players. They're all um, they're all world class players and and, and and have been proven at at test match levels. So in terms of our game management, and and uh, they'll, they'll be accustomed to, to those uh, pressure pressure situations and, and on um, and, and test matches. So. Uh, having, having that experience and, um, and rugby IQ is, is going to be really, really
3: good for, um, for, for our squad as a whole. We have uh, Miracle Failangi, uh, Samuel uh, Slade, some of the, um, the Moana Pacifica players uh, named in the squad. How have you seen them? Uh, how, you know, how, how was selection for them uh, as far as uh, them being in the Manusamo squad is concerned?
5: the hardest squad of of Cap to Select just really um, good um, competition amongst amongst races. you mentioned Miracle um, <clears throat> Miracle's had a, had, a, had a great season um, with with, with more despite the result um, but I think his his growth um, is, has been um, has been massive this year and, and it's not it, um, been Having the opportunity to select them um, after such a great season, um, I think it's, I think it's something that he deserves. A lot of other Mono, for speaker boys. Um, whilst they you know, the season doesn't go the way they would have wanted it to, or, and, and there was a few results um, that they had that could have gone either way. Uh, individually as players, um, they've um, I, I thought they've uh, they've improved as the season went on, and and and, and they they definitely. Um, um, performed on a personal level, so um, it, I'm looking forward to, to bringing them, bringing them boys in and, and, and continue their growth and for them to really uh, uh, compete for, for a place um, on the plane of France. When do you
3: get the the squad to assemble together in in Samoa, and what games are you looking forward to over the next uh, next month?
5: Uh, so. It's, uh... Um, our boys arrive uh, later this week. Um, our camp starts on on, on the first of July, uh, this Saturday, and there'll be um, um, a couple of weeks of of, um, of camp. We will be here in Samoa before we uh, we travel to Japan to have our first match against Japan on uh, July 22nd. Um, I'm really looking forward to this uh, um, to, to Japan again as we are uh, we're in the same pool uh, at the Rugby World Cup, so it'll be a really good test for us to see where where we're at and with the match. With a few new players and, and want to work on some combinations, so that's, that's going to be a really important game for us. And we also have uh, we, we play we host Fiji here in appear the following week um, on the 29th of, of, of July. Um, it's been a, it's been a while since Fiji um been big Samoa, so that that uh, that's the game will really looking forward to. And then um, we we play uh, the Kalitani or Tonga um, here in, uh, in Samoa on always the first the following week. Which is, again, we we're, we're looking forward to, to hosting our our brothers, and, and then um, we will we will select our, our our final World Cup squad after.
3: Apart from those uh, uh, games, uh, is is Manu Samoa playing any other warm-up game before uh, before France?
5: Uh, yes, we we play uh, we we'll Ireland, 26th of August. And, and, and that will be up in France. so we'll, we'll get um, one, one more head out together um, before we, before we enter, enter the World
3: Cup. Apart from from um, from the squad, how is uh, how is uh, you know your your view of uh, of the World Cup pool games uh, that you are in uh, that you will be going into uh, in France? I
5: think we have a, we have a, we've got a very tough pool, um, we've got four very hard games. Um, but that's uh, i believe that our, our world cup should be we um, obviously we, we have Chile first who will be attending the uh, first world cup so uh, I think they'll be targeting um, our game in France um, we also play Argentina um, the following week very very very, very tough as so, um, Argentina will be um, really targeting to get out the four stages as well um, as will Japan um, who we, we play after that and then uh, we play England last uh, four very hard games four very tough. Tough games, and, um, and at the moment, all our all our focus is on Chile, our first game. Um, we actually have to buy the first round, so everyone would have played um, already. So I'm sure our our team will be um, itching to go, by the, by the time their their the first game against Chile comes so um, I think we, we we do have a tough pool, um, and we will we'll treat every game and, and the same, and, and give our position the, the respect they deserve. <laughs>
0: That's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, head over to rndzi.com slash programs. You can also download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts from. So from myself and the team here at RNZ Pacific, TOFAS34.